0: Hey guys, welcome back to episode 2 of the second series of the Fearlessly Free Podcast. What's the series called guys? It is Life After Trauma. So last week, as you know, if you've listened to it um, already, you will know that I spoke about the impact of religion and the many constraints it has on us as people and the way in which it causes division and causes us to feel condemned, ashamed and unworthy of love, particularly from God. I also spoke about the difference between religion and relationship with God and how the two are polar opposites because God is all about freedom and love and religion is all about mental, emotional and spiritual imprisonment. So if you haven't listened to it, guys, go check it out, you know, like that. So here we are with another episode And um, today I want to talk about how to support someone who has left the church or a place of worship or religion or whatever they want to call it, yeah? And, you know, how they are trying to find their way. Oftentimes you find that when you make this decision, like how I have, you can be ostracised and isolated by those who profess to love and ride for you. Those who you tarried for hours with prayer and all those night prayer meetings and Bible studies and church services. And then all of a sudden, they're nowhere to be seen. Now, the point I want to make is that kind of proves the point that I'm trying to make in my podcast in that religion is devoid of God's love, whereas God isn't his love is unending and he knows that you have suffered pain and betrayal of some form that has caused you to walk away from something that you once loved deeply and cherished. Religious people will say you've backslidden or you no longer love God because you have walked away from the building and certain ritualistic behaviours but God knows otherwise. He knows that you had to leave that place because it lacked a true reflection of him. So why don't your family and friends get it? Why do they walk, walk with this gavel at the ready, ready to judge and attack you with a religious overkill of scriptures and prayers that all infer that you've lost your way? Well, like I said in my last episode, it's because they are blinded by religion. And until they leave that prison, you will cons- constantly feel judged and rejected by them. What they should really do is listen. After all, the Bible says to be swift to listen and slow to speak, right? They need to listen to your heart. Your mouth might be shouting a lot of things about church people this and church people that. But really, if they listen, they will hear that your heart is hurt. Don't come with the scriptures and all the prayers and that. Because sometimes the very thought of praying with someone is a trigger for the pain that you've suffered so they need to be sensitive yes we need your prayers but only prayers inspired by the holy spirit please and thanks not ones birthed out of your judgment and condemnation if they listened to the holy spirit they would hear him say be gentle with this one they are hurting listen to them and shower them with my love extend grace and patience because you might be where they are one day My experience has been interesting. I've had some shocking responses to my journey or process or whatever you want to call it. The responses I've received from some of my closest friends I didn't expect and the responses I got from acquaintances blew my mind whilst ushering me onto a path of healing. At the end of the day, people do people things and I have come to accept that. I really get shocked by people's behaviour now because I've experienced disappointment as well as healing and the right support from those I didn't expect. These past four and a half years have taught me that God can use the unlikeliest person to help you to heal and liberate yourself from the things that held you back. You've just got to be open to the fact that your medicine will come in different shapes and forms and the healing process will take as long as it needs to. If we don't want to carry our wounds forever, we must be willing to do whatever it takes to obtain our healing, whether that be counselling, support groups, prayer from people we may have never let pray for, for us before, choosing to let go of the negative emotions we are holding on to, And whatever forgiveness we need to extend to those who have mistreated us and also to ourselves for, you know, some might say allowing it to happen. Forgive yourself. That's the next episode, so I won't spoil it for you. Um, But yeah, forgiveness is so key, not just for others but for yourself. There's so many things that we go through and hindsight is the best sight, as they say. And sometimes we can look back on what we've gone through and think, rah, how did you allow that to happen? Like the person that you are now would have never let that person treat you like that or say that or, you know, or do that to you. And there's this level of regret and also sometimes a a level of judgment that we you know that we 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 throw or spew at ourselves and really and truly what we need to do is just forgive ourselves in order for us to move forward fully and completely and freely we have to also forgive ourselves and and I think self-forgiveness is not something that's really kind of talked about it's this whole thing of you know forgiveness isn't about yourself or it's not really so much for yourself it's about the others but what about the for the people who have gone through things or experienced things that have caused them to really reject themselves or resent themselves or even have you know develop a self-hatred Or a self-loathing because, you know, they're now in a place that they no longer recognize the person that was in that place that suffered that pain. And so they detach themselves from themselves. And that can be very confusing, very um, it can be somewhat of a torment. And quite, you know, and and torturing, you know, you're torturing yourself. And so it's important, guys, that we learn to really forgive ourselves. You know, if, yeah, it's inevitable that if we knew what we knew back then, what we knew now, we wouldn't. Of made certain decisions or we wouldn't have taken certain steps but that's what life is all about it's about a journey it's about learning it's about self-development it's about self-discovery it's about being reacquainted with your authentic self and your true identity and sometimes it does take bad experiences for us to actually recognize or rediscover who we really are and the strength and the gifts and the blessings that we actually possess so please guys be kind to yourself I know it was something that I had to to learn and it took me ages to actually to grasp this but I had to be kind to myself and recognize that Selena, you're not going to get it right all the time Selena. you have made mistakes Selena bad things did happen to you and people did mistreat you but that wasn't all your fault that you weren't responsible for it all and it's okay to acknowledge that it's okay to explore that um and it's okay to forgive yourself this episode is for the people who are connected to those of us who have suffered church hurt and spiritual abuse as I was preparing for this episode and thinking about my journey and my experience of overcoming some of the most painful ordeals or shameful and embarrassing experiences of my life and you know that whole journey of rediscovering myself and healing I think about you know the responses of the people that um I thought would have supported me or at least understood or tried to help or even if it wasn't a if even if it wasn't a case of me asking for help or seeking help from them, but i expected um i guess if I had any expectations it would would have been for people to be able to hear what I had gone through and at the very least empathize. And what I found was a lot of judgment, a lot of contempt, a lot of pride. Um, Some even had, you know, a stance of, you know, I kind of, I told you so. And when you're breaking or you've actually gone past breaking point and you're at a point where you're looking at your life and you're, for, for example, for myself, and I'm speaking about myself, when I'm looking at, you know, my childhood experiences, things that I went through in school and then my late teen experiences of abuse and rejection and and pain um, and then stepping into the church and then experiencing all of that all over again. At that point in my life, in 2015, I had reached the end of my tether and I was just like, right, do you know what? If there's no hope of finding any kind of peace and tranquility and hope in the church building, then there's really no hope for me. And I think also as well, and I've spoken about it before, I, you know, I kind of attributed what I went through to God and so that's what caused me to kind of feel as though this 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 god that i had um acquainted myself with for so many years um probably didn't exist and i think that that fueled a lot of the um the feelings of hopelessness the feelings of despair that i that i was carrying and so at that point i was very broken i was feeling hopeless. I was in despair. Um, I had people around me, you know, my church members, you know, majority of them attacking me and turning against me. And, you know, because as far as they were concerned, Selena, you know, well, Minister Selena, you should have known at the time what was going on in senior leadership and how could you have not, you know, sounded the alarm. And I'm just like, boy, I'm in shock like you, my brother, you know, like that. And, I had all of that and then I had friends kind of like, you know, not understanding my hurt and my anger and my fits of rage. Like, I I know that I was probably unrecognisable at that time. However, I really couldn't get my head around the fact that people... I felt very rejected at that time. I felt like, I felt misunderstood. And if anyone really knows me, anyone that's close to me, they, I hate, like, that the fact that I can be really close to you and you don't get me, like, you don't understand that if Selena's having a, 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 you know, an an outburst of rage, a fit of rage, if Selena's in a fit of rage... Or, you know, she's cussing about something. It's because she's hurt or she's angry. It's not because she's just decided to wake up one day and say, oh, which emotion shall I have today? Oh, okay, it's going to be anger. Like, it's, I'm hurt. And what I found was a lot of my friends, um, well, maybe not a lot, but the ones that I expected to really know me, who I thought really knew me, didn't get me at all. And that then fueled my my sense of despair and I just hit rock bottom in in some respects and I felt um yeah I think when you feel hopeless you feel like there's nothing to kind of live for and that kind of led me down a dark path of suicidal thoughts and just I felt alone dejected rejected and I just had enough and so when I think back, having come out of the other side and as I'm preparing for this um, this episode, I think about, I think five points really kind of stuck out at me um, in terms of, you know, if I meet anyone if i come across anyone that has gone through a similar experience as me if they've gone through bad church experience or church hurt or any kind of spiritual abuse these are the i think the five poignant points and approaches or or ways that you can kind of support someone that has gone through that um and i know for me having started this podcast so many people have reached out to me and they've sought support or advice from me. And I've been able to be the person that I needed when I was going through this. So point one is listen. They might be swearing like I was. Like my I had the dirtiest gully mouth. Um, and still do at times. Like I, I'm on a journey and I make no apologies for that. Um, but, you know, the person might be swearing. They might be cussing out the whole of the church leadership team. They might even be cussing out the whole of the angels in heaven, you know, like that. But all they need is for you to listen. Yes, some parts are uncomfortable to hear, but listen. Their mouths have been bridled for so long that what you are hearing is them letting out everything they've ever held in. I know for me when in my experience I sp- I began to speak about things that had happened years prior to the church ever breaking down when the church was I would say I guess some would say was more in its most in its more healthiest state and I began to speak about things that I'd gone through back then and you know um, around the time of the church's inception and I began to speak about you know, things, and I was spewing out all of this, and I, you know, I use the word very loosely, because I think when you're on the receiving end, it it can come across as though the individual is spewing out all this venom, but really and truly, they are letting out everything that they've had to suppress, um, that they've been told they cannot speak about, or the emotions that they've been told to detach themselves from, so it's so important for you to listen some parts they might later regret and other parts will be their lived experience in that environment and other parts might be filled with regret from feeling like they allowed themselves to stay in an environment they knew was no good for them some of what they're saying is what has happened to them and maybe things they've never ever told anyone until now so my advice to you is to listen Don't come with no scripture. Don't come with no prayer. Don't come with no elder or deacon's advice. Just listen. And as you're listening to them, you can ask the Holy Spirit how to respond if you want to. You know, and if he gives you an an instruction, then obey that. But if he says nothing, my advice would be to do nothing except listen. And then when you get home, you can pray for that individual. You know, you've got them religious people that are like, Oh my gosh, what happened to sister so-and-so? She gone crazy. She leave the church and she gone and she backsliding. Oh God, I forget to up the high. It's really not that deep. The person is hurting and they're responding to their pain. And all they need is for you to listen Sometimes I think as a in a religious, you know, as religious people coming from a religious culture, our first response to innate, humane things is, okay, we have to pray, we have to pray. Oh my gosh, Father God in heaven, we call down the fort and the fort heaven and we call down the angels and the angel Michael and Gabriel, we call them God. And really and truly all they need is just someone to sit down and just say, do you know what, I hear you, and I know for me, when I went through what I went through, I seldom heard that, because everybody knew of me as, you know, Prophetess Selina, or Minister Selina, who preached, and who taught, and she preached up a storm, and and I'm questioning I'm in a place now where I'm questioning all of that I'm in a place now where I'm exploring who I really am beneath all of that because I'm coming out of an environment that prevented me and prohibited me of from even exploring and embracing my own womanhood my sexuality as a woman as I was growing up you know coming from my early 20s to my early 30s I'm I was prohibited from um you know exploring different elements of my creativity because it was all about you've got to serve you've got to serve you've got to serve so I've come out of that that place I've come out from that journey and that imprisonment detesting and resenting my gifts i've come out resenting my ability to be able to pray and intercede for people or to you know prophesy and what does that even mean like i was just like no i don't want to hear any of that and i had you know church leaders and you know fellow brothers and sisters in the lord in in quote unquote Saying, oh, you know, don't forget your gift. Don't forget that you're a mighty woman of God. And I'm just like, OK, cool. But without that title, who am I? So when you're coming with the prayer and uh, we forget the aisle and, you know, I'm going to fast for you. That's cool, in it? But when I'm questioning all of that, that's not going to penetrate. That's not going to help me to discover who I am and come to some kind of reconciliation with what has happened to me and reconcile the 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 turmoil and the 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 questions in my head like it's it doesn't help and oftentimes i found that you know when i was in a religious in heavily you know entrenched you know in in the religious culture when anyone ever left the church, it's automatically, because I too was blinded, automatically it's a case of, OK, well, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going, And it's all this church jargon. And the church jargon is not going to bring healing. In actual fact, it's Jesus that will bring healing. It's his love that will bring healing. But when you're in religion, oftentimes you're devoid of God's love. You only have love for the for your other religious brothers and sisters. You don't have love for those who are on a journey exploring and trying to navigate to, um, you know, to the truth of who they are and who God is. So there's always that that hint of judgment. And it's so important that we abandon that. So, again, I say, listen. My next point would be, number two, separate the fact that you feel like this person is backsliding from the actual truth that they are expressing how they feel. Okay, so in religion, we're taught that, you know, oh gosh, if the person has left the church, they're backsliding, that's it. You know, oh gosh, we have to pray for them because, you know, it's not God's will for anybody to perish, when really and truly, just because they appear to be on a journey that looks very foreign to you, in actual fact, their truth is that they are expressing how they feel. And that's all it is. They haven't denounced Jesus. I never once said, Ra, do you know what, bun Jesus. I never, I never once said, do you know what, God, I, I, I denounce you. That's it. Like, I don't want to be saved anymore. What I was saying and sometimes I didn't articulate it as well as I I, as well as I articulate it now. But what I was saying was that I was hurt and I was disappointed and that I was angry and I had been let down, but no one could hear me. And anger and pain rarely looks pretty. So it's to be expected that what you'll see and hear will be in its rawest form. And I just want to give a shout out to every (laughs) single person that actually listened to me when I was cussing with my BC and my RC and my PC. Yeah, you know, all of that. Like I came with it. Like there was no bars held. I just let rip. And there were a few people that just sat down there and just let me vent. And it was so needed. And it was a crucial part of my healing journey the sooner that you abandon your judgment the easier it will be for you to be a true reflection of Christ in that person's life the solution to their pain is Christ and by you judging you might miss the one opportunity to reflect the true essence of who he really is my next point would be number three yes the person has changed over it the likelihood of them being how they were before is slim discard the religious version of them it will make it easier for both of you my experience for example is that i had a good friend and there was a period of time that we hadn't seen each other so it was like oh you know it's long overdue let's let's meet up and we'd set couple dates and she kept on putting off meeting me for for a probably just for about a year and when I finally saw her at, a, at an event we said we would arrange to meet again but when I got home I received this long epistle message from her at approximately 1am stating that she had been putting off meeting us because of how much I had changed and that she no longer saw me as her friend. I replied by telling her that she was a coward for saying it in a message when she just saw me a few hours prior and could have said all of that to my face. How did it make me feel? I was angry, because I don't let many people in, especially since my bad church experiences. So to think that I'd let her in and built trust only for her to reject me when I was hurting and trying to heal my wounds was disappointing to say the least. She proved the point to me that religious people do not know the heart of God. They are well acquainted with the rigidity of the Ten Commandments, but not the God who said love your neighbour as you love yourself or the God that says he is close to the broken hearted. Religious people don't get it. So there's no point in you trying to argue with them, which is what I did at first. I was like, "Nah, bun bun, what you're saying in it and hear, try and hear my point of view. There was no point. So stop explaining your actions and decisions to are fearlessly free end of. The days of explaining yourself under the guise of accountability, which is really steeped in manipulation and control, are well and truly over. Do not feel guilty for walking, walking away from something that was toxic and killing your spirit. The same way that you quickly remove your hand from the burning flames of a fire is the same way we should be when we experience emotional, spiritual or mental pain. You remove yourself to save yourself. Save yourself from harm and keep it moving in the most respectful and fearlessly free way. I say that because I often found myself feeling like I had to explain my actions or regurgitate what happened in my previous church, when all the time it was too painful for me to even talk about. But there I was talking about something that piqued my anxiety and anger and reminded me of the wounds I was carrying. More often than not, it was for their benefit because they wanted the tea, not because they had any empathy or wanted to support me. They just wanted gossip. I had the told you so looks, as well as the I'll pray for you's thickly laced in judgment and condemnation. So I swiftly realised that my journey was not to be shared with every Tom, Dick and Bertie that asked. Nor was I going to discuss it against my own wishes. If I didn't feel like talking about it, I didn't. And that was that. It still is the case now, and so shall it be. Point number four, guys. Have compassion. Compassion. You may not have shared the same experience or see eye to eye on the viewpoint of the church but your lack of compassion will only make them feel even more hurt and pain and can even add to the feelings of confusion because they're already processing thoughts of where did they go wrong and how did they miss the signs that things weren't right in their church. Stop judging. They need your compassion, your love and your patience. Yes they might talk about it all the time or they might even not but they need your patience. Be kind to them. Spiritual wounds are not seen they're only felt. Spiritual or church trauma is trauma. Trauma is trauma whether it happens on the street, at school, home, the workplace or the church It's trauma and trauma is something we all need to heal from so please be patient with them. My next point is pray for them. Don't talk about them with others that ain't going to do the same. There's no point in you chatting about them at your monthly who's backslidden meeting just for the sake of gossiping. Do better than that. They are still human beings. They are still cherished by God. So pray for them. If you would like to pray with them, ask if that's okay first. You have to remember that they have come out of an environment where a lot of things were imposed upon them, especially if they come from the black Pentecostal church. The laying of hands and the impromptu prayers can be triggers for them. So be gentle and respect their boundaries and space. And don't be shouting out your liver string because they probably ain't going to appreciate that. My reason for saying this is because for the most part, the things that I used to do in religion, the the things that I witnessed, the things that were done to me were all triggers for me after I left the church. So just a hint of it would cause a churning in my stomach, like literally. There was one time I almost had a panic attack when I attended my friend's daughter's baptism. So when I say that you have to take your time with someone who has suffered church trauma, please believe that any religious behaviour or narrative that you express could be the very thing that heightens their anxiety and reminds them of painful experiences or just plain makes them feel uncomfortable. And you have to respect that. It may well be that your intentions are pure, but sensitivity is most definitely required when speaking with someone who has been victim of church abuse. My next point would be, what is this, number five or six? I think I've got one more, actually. Don't write them off. They are not a castaway. The church may have backbenched them, but you don't have to. You have a mind of your own, so allow God to use it for his glory to be seen in this situation. Allow him to use you to redeem a soul who was on the brink of walking away from him completely. Be open to your friend bearing their soul and allow them the freedom to feel safe to do so. Chances are they need to get rid of all the toxicity that wounded them before their healing journey can truly begin. And my last point guys, look after yourself. Sometimes it can get too much for one person to carry. I know for me, when I was going through what I was going through, I was very mindful of the fact that it was a lot and it was weightier than I actually anticipated. Um, the journey of healing took longer than I actually um, expected. And so as a result of that, I was very mindful of the fact that my loved ones, my nearest and dearest, they themselves were going through their own things. You know, life happens, it doesn't stop. So I was mindful of the fact that I did not want to burden my friends Um, and that wasn't to say that I didn't talk to them when I was struggling but I was also mindful and I think maybe that's because of the profession I work in you know there's I have a certain level of self-awareness but sometimes when someone is going through something and they're lacking that self-awareness they're so consumed by what they're going through that they you know they end up heavily relying on you and you become a crutch as opposed to um, someone that can be a form of assistance to support them to get them to the place where they need to get to and so it's so important that you set clear boundaries as to how you can support anyone that you're supporting whether it be going through church trauma you know um, any kind of depression and you know whatever life struggles that they may be um, dealing with So it's important that you help them to find additional layers of support as well, because you can't do it. You're not Jesus. That could be counselling, a church leader from another church or another Christian who has gone through something similar. I know in my particular experience, a lot of people have, um, I guess, for want of a better word, have been referred to me, as it were, because our experiences are very similar if not identical. And, you know, I've been able to kind of support them, um, giving them a very objective um, viewpoint and response to, you know, what they've gone through. And there's no judgment, there's no, you know, religious like talk, Um, you know, I'm just a listening ear. Sometimes I don't even say anything. I'm just here just to listen so it's so important to support your friend yes it's it's that's key don't abandon don't reject them because you may not fully understand what they're going through that that's not cause for rejection or to end a friendship but you definitely need to take care of yourself and that may well be that you know you support them in in making a self referral to counseling or going to see their gp or you know come on like we're talking about mental health this month so it's you know i'm not going to shy away from the fact that just because you might be saved doesn't mean to say that you you are exempt from taking medication if that person needs to go to the gp to get you know a month's worth of of antidepressants or something to help them sleep better then support them in doing that we're not saying that it's the case of where they are heavily reliant on that and their life is then heavily dependent on the medication. But if it's something that will help them get through one of the darkest points in their life, then support them in that. So, again, it's it's just about how can you support them? Who do you know in your sphere that can support them? Are there people around you that have left your church that, you know, that you are still in contact with? Um, you know because there's plenty of us out here and we'd be more than happy well I know for me I'd be more than happy to help in the world of therapy and social work there is something called emotional transference where a client's emotional baggage is then transferred to the practitioner It is therefore the practitioner's responsibility to, to discard the emotions that don't belong to them. And this can be done in supervision, whether that be peer to peer, managerial, or clinical. It's important that it's done so that the practitioner stays in a healthy headspace. It's no different for us. We all have baggage. So when someone comes to you with theirs, don't hesitate to set clear boundaries of how you can support to eliminate unrealistic expectations, disappointment and burnout. You know, sometimes you can support someone and and you have the best intentions, but at the same time, it can become draining because you're also also juggling your own battles or your just your own life commitments and responsibilities. So be kind to yourself and make sure that you set out those clear boundaries from the offset. Trauma is a lot to deal with, not just for those who suffer it, but for those who support too. So take care of you. And that's my final point, guys. I didn't want to weigh it down. I think those were the most important points to kind of share. We just need a real human being for the real life experiences that we're dealing with. We don't want a modern day Pharisee or Sadducee questioning why we are behaving in the way that we are or that why we are thinking or maybe even processing experiences in the way that we are we just need a human being to listen and who better to have listened to us than someone who is connected to jesus someone who is connected to god because you know he is the author of truth he is the um you know the giver of unending love so it makes sense for us to sit down and, and speak to someone who knows him so that we can, you know, not just have someone that listens. But in your responses, we can hear the truth, the true essence of the father. And I think for me, my experience, unfortunately, wasn't that. It was a mixed bag. It wasn't all bad. But like I said, my, you know, some of the, my closest friends, their responses were just like, oh my days (laughs) and maybe I might talk about that in another episode but I was really dumbfounded by some of the responses from my closest friends who I thought would understand me and get me and be able to kind of support me and I it wasn't even like you know I was expecting much I'm quite self-sufficient And um, I have my own, you know, coping mechanisms and my um, and, you know, I have access to a a great counsellor and so on and so forth. So it wasn't so much that I was looking for someone to dump all my woes onto, but for someone just to get me and to hear the pain that I suffered. And, you know, for, you know, for some, you know, for some of my my friends to turn around and be like, Selena, what's wrong with you? You know, people are still looking up to you. And the last thing that I wanted to hear was that. So, yeah, please be kind, not only to yourself, but to those of us who have gone through some really harrowing church experiences. In the next episode, I'll be talking about forgiving yourself, not just in regards to church trauma, but forgiving ourselves for past mistakes, staying in a relationship for too long or or for dropping out of school, college or uni, for not taking that opportunity or for allowing certain bad experiences to happen. And for me, the last point really kind of hits home for me in that i really kicked myself for a very long time um and if i'm honest i think there's still um a pang of regret that i allowed myself to stay in those church environments for so long being that my innate intrinsic nature is that I'm, you know, I am quite free-spirited and I allowed these people to strip me of my voice, of my creativity, um and just my just my authentic self. And for a long time I've battled with that and I've and you know, my counselor kind of took me on a journey of like, you know, exploring whether I'd kind of forgiven myself and stuff and I found that I didn't and I was very hard on myself and I think you know oftentimes we look at our past experiences and we we look back on them and we think, wow, that was really bad. And we carry the pain of those experiences. And sometimes we allow those bad experiences to change us so much so that we do become a shadow of who we were, or we leave a part of us in that place. And self-forgiveness enables us to really acknowledge and accept that, you know what, what has happened has happened, but it's not a definition of who we are. It doesn't depict how weak you are. It doesn't depict how stupid or, you know, your lack of intuition. It just is a reflection. Really and truly, it's a reflection of a bad experience that took place. And from that, you've learned so much. It wasn't a mistake, but it was a lesson. And oftentimes we can beat ourselves up for staying in situations or making particular decisions that have impacted us um, or maybe changed the course of our life in, in, in a way that it. in some cases it might take us longer to reach the destination that we were initially pursuing. But we're going to reach it all the same. And part of fearless freedom is setting ourselves free through forgiving ourselves. So I'm going to be talking about that in the next episode. And that's it from me, guys. See you in two weeks. Stay fearless. Stay free. Let nothing and no one hinder your fearless freedom.